Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Welcome to a new episode of the Moshua Podcast. Uh, we are in the presence of someone who knows so much about something I know very little about. My favorite kind of episodes. Uh, Raf, I want to introduce you before you audiobook me with everything that, <laughs> that you guys do over at Amazon Alexa. Uh, Raf Fatani, he is the Regional General Manager of Amazon Alexa in the MENA region uh, and Global General Manager for Arabic Alexa. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing everything about your life with me. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And patient enough to listen. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly excited. Uh, working on uh, the flow and the questions for this was something like with every question that me and the team were working on just added a, a little bit more excitement about it. It's a, it's an amazing bit of tech. AI, um, voice recognition, chat, GPT, everything under that vertical makes me think, wow, um, my kids are going to grow up in a completely different world. So I want to know what kind of world they're going to grow up in through you. Um, I sense a very strong British accent, and I'm guessing that background was in the UK. It was indeed, yes. Grew up, uh, grew up in the UK and spent uh, a lot of my uh, childhood and then my uh, later years of education there. Fond memories of the UK? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a second home uh, by all means, and um, I don't know. I, I used to um, I moved I moved with Amazon to uh, to the region to the UAE. Um, uh, well, I joined. We were working on a, a secret project. The secret was we were going to acquire Souk.com, okay. which was at the time the second biggest acquisition that Amazon had done, one of the biggest acquisitions in the Middle East. Uh, and I had no background in acquisitions. Uh, and um, uh, I happened to be from the region. And they were like, Raf, uh, we'd like you to be, uh, to be there. Uh, and uh, do your due diligence. I used to work in. Uh, I used to. I used to um, run the public policy division for for Amazon uh, and AWS at the time. And I thought, great, I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to go to Dubai three months. Um, it was uh, starting to get rainy over there, and so it was a good opportunity to see some sun and vitamin D. <laughs> and I. Um, so winter months is when you shifted. Yeah, yeah. November, December. Came came for three months. Uh, we went ahead. We closed the deal. We acquired Souk dot com. Uh, and at the time, the CEO of Souk uh, said, "Raf, I'd really love you if you'd uh, kind of relocate from London and and move here." Um, and I was part of his team. Very fortunate to work on them. Ronim Shahwar, uh, amazing leader, uh, visionary, uh, built a lot for this region, um, and um, yeah. And moved here. The rest is history. 15, 2015, was it? When Souk was dissolved? I'm guessing, I don't know. Five years ago, sorry. Okay, seven, 17, 18. 17, 18, yeah. 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 Um, uh, we didn't dissolve Souk. Uh, we had a lot to learn from Souk. Uh, when we came, uh, Souk had operated for a decade, 10 years. It had uh, close to 4,000 employees. Um, and had a lot of Amazon's DNA. And so it was a no-brainer for us. Uh, we were doing things that we didn't know how to do. People were handling cash. 
uh, Amazon doesn't handle cash. We don't, we don't know how that works. Um, we need to kind of get to know our customer. Um, and we always work from the customer backwards. And so it was uh, a no brainer to kind of, uh, acquire, but also keep the company. Uh, Ronnie still runs, uh, our Middle East business. Um, uh, and we, we flipped the branding to Amazon, uh, I think in 2019 in the UAE and then in 20, 2020 in Saudi and then 2021 in Egypt. Uh, so we just flipped branding, uh, but the, the Souk's DNA still lives in us, uh, because there was just so many synergies between the two companies. UAE based company, is that where it started? Uh, so Ronnie, yeah, set up in the UAE um, and had uh, operations in Saudi, in Egypt, and in Jordan. Mm. And today, does it exist at all online in any markets? As a brand, as Souk, as a brand, no. Uh, as Amazon, yes. Uh, and, and many of those folks that were working in Souk still work with us and are my colleagues today. Um, we've grown tremendously. It was threefold, I think. Uh, the teams have grown. And so it's actually one of the things that brought me to the region. I was like, uh, it was exciting to see what he was building. Um, and it was exciting to see the opportunities that uh, he was making. Mm. And I knew the possibilities were endless with the Amazon acquisition. And so job creation is at the heart uh, of... Uh, a lot of uh, what we do, um, bring in innovation, and I think that was that was the uh, that was a dream for me. Really, it was uh, you know we talk about impact. Uh, very seldom do we have these opportunities in lives where we can really touch thousands of lives. Um, we're advocates. We're advocates uh, for the region. We're advocates for this country. Uh, in Seattle, where Amazon is based. Uh, and yeah, I've, it's just beautiful to see the evolution, uh, and all the separate parts of the businesses that have kind of come in since the acquisition. When, um, when the acquisition was complete, uh, every part of Amazon works in a, in a separate silo. And so like the prime team has its own division, um, uh, our robotics arms, our operations and our FCs, our uh, devices, our uh, studios, our uh, payments arm. There's like the list continues, um, and they operate as a as a almost like separate companies uh, within within the umbrella. Um, I think we were like 1.4 million employees. Uh, so it kind of talks to the scale globally. Globally, Amazon, Amazon, and then when you when you start looking at some of these, um, you know, some of these. Uh, Call them divisions. We don't call them division, and we just just refer to them by their name. Amazon Payments will have like uh, or the devices will have like tens of thousands of employees, um, and so they you know they're on their own on their own right. They're they're large companies, um, innovators, uh, just trying to deliver for our customers. That's pretty cool. I was going to go background schooling, early childhood story, parents, I want to save that because I want to continue with the flow of, of Amazon. It's amazing how, you know, you go into anything planned, just like life. And uh, 
God's like, yeah, I see your plan. No, this is what I'm going to do with you. Uh, let's keep, let's stick with Amazon for a second. Uh, what do you say? It's a tough question. What do you say to those who say Amazon is eating up all mom and pop shops on the high street, especially in the UK? Those family businesses that were there for uh, generations are now maybe no longer there because people are going to Amazon. Is it a problem that is prevalent outside of the US or is it something that you hear of? Because I've heard of, of that happening a lot. They've made a few movies on it as well. Um, or is that something that's more specific to the US markets? Well, I, I don't represent the uh, our retail business, but I can tell you this though. More than 50% uh, of uh, what we sell on Amazon is not owned by Amazon. These are mums and pop shops that are selling through Amazon. Uh, and that's more than 50%. And that number continues to grow and it will continue to grow even more. Uh, and so if anything, uh, Amazon becomes an enabling arm to enable the community to reach hundreds if not millions of customers. Uh, and there's some really beautiful stories uh, I'd like to urge uh, listeners to read up about the anchor story, a couple that uh, white-labeled um, uh, these kind of uh, portable batteries um, and uh, overnight only sold through Amazon. They started very small and started selling through Amazon. Uh, it wasn't long enough before, you know, they were heading 100 million in revenues just through selling through Amazon. So opportunities there, uh, reach a massive audience, a big customer base. Uh, and then, you know, if the DNA is right, if the product is right, you focus on the customer, then uh, opportunities are endless. Through scaling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Saudiization, uh, from what I'm gathering, the Amazon SA cars that I see roaming around the streets of Saudi, that's you guys pretty much. That's what used to be Souk that is now you guys, your entity. Is that right? Yeah. So Amazon Amazon in Saudi, um, Amazon in Saudi has been, I mentioned, operated under the Souk umbrella, uh, became uh, Amazon later on. Uh, and then what you're seeing as well is different Amazon, um, Amazon's products coming into uh, the market, the Saudi market. And so for instance, uh, when you see these vans, uh, they are, but you know, these are, these are, uh, our delivery vans that we, uh, that we, uh, operate here. Uh, but we also work with the broader community. So, um, it's, um, it's providing your average Joe, your average Mo, uh, an opportunity to also, uh, be a distributor or a seller but also a delivery person. And so we have, um, through our Amazon Flex program, an opportunity to deliver to homes. Uh, and so um, it's also giving back to that community. I, I, yeah, I see what you mean. Like a lot of people in the chain of how they can contribute to, to Amazon benefits from the function, more or less, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when will we start seeing the really cool supermarkets where you pick up from the shelf <laughs> and you walk right out without dealing or exchanging or uh, transacting anything. Is, is that something that 
Now, maybe, you know, you're far away from this department, but is that something that is in the pipeline for the, the GCC or MENA region? Amazon Go. Amazon Go. Very is that what it is? Thing. It's yeah. called Amazon Go. It's really cool. And, um, it's a, there is a transaction happening. It's all happening in the background. That's the beauty of AI. It kind of just dissolves in the background. It helps you when you need it and uh, it fades away. Uh, and so it's uh, you, your payment goes through your phone. And so as you're going through the store, you scan your phone uh, to tell uh, to tell the store that you're there. The commercial was really cool, the effort. And then you pick up your goods and you literally just walk out. Yeah. Uh, it's called the walkout technology. Can it be done with, with, with mass shopping uh, behavior, like filling up a cart? Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, I like, uh, like everyone does when they first go into one of these stores, yeah. they try and play the system or trick the machine and just try to, it's like if I, you know, pick up the Kit Kat and then sneakily pull in a Snickers in there behind there and put it in my bag or put it in the jacket quickly, see if it picks it up. It's remarkable how accurate this technology is. Borderline theft. Um, <laughs> it, does it exist in any of the markets in Seattle? Did they try that? If I'm not mistaken, I did see that one of one of the sh- one of those shops are, are active. Yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's plenty of them now uh, around the states. Uh, our first one was in Seattle, um, and um, whilst I'm not in that business, um, so definitely can't talk on their behalf. Uh, I believe they are franchising that technology, so uh, stores can go off and uh, and um, use Amazon's technology in their stores, um, and so they don't have to be Amazon shops, which is pretty cool. Was there some sort of deal with? Uh, again, I'm asking you stuff that is way out of your uh, jurisdiction. <laughs> it really is. Or every single question. But you know what? Bless you for for answering them to the best of your abilities. Someone else would have been like, "No, by the way, this is not my." Yeah. Um, um, last one, I promise, and then we're going to get into Alexa. All right. W- was there a deal that went down with Whole Foods and and Amazon? It's like my favorite supermarket in the world. Yeah, Whole Foods is amazing, yeah, isn't it? It's just fantastic. I see so much potential synergy with with Whole Foods and Amazon. Um, and I I, I thought I read an article with, where something was happening a few years back. Did anything eventually? Yeah, we acquired Whole Foods. Amazon acquired Whole. Foods. Amazon acquired Whole Foods. Uh, I want to know this. And when you go to Whole Foods in the US or in the UK, um, you can also use your Prime membership to get all sorts of different benefits. So it's um, it's pretty cool. So they 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 bought Whole Foods out, huh? That's right. Thirteen point seven billion dollars five years ago. Looks like I'm not as abreast as I thought uh, uh, as I was with current events. <laughs> um, huge deal. Thirteen point seven five years ago. Probably worth twenty now. With uh, after after Corona and what that did to everything e-commerce related, yeah, it's um it uh well I I don't know about I don't know the specifics about uh, Whole Foods, but I do know that we were in a very privileged position during the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, where we were able to serve people and uh, keep them safe at the same time. Um, it was uh. It was remarkable to go through it. I don't know how it was for you. Uh, for me personally, it was a, it was a rewarding time. I uh, was able to work on myself, uh, work on my health, focus on me, uh, but also working with Amazon or on Amazon. Um, we were also trying to enable and keep people safe by keeping them at home yeah. and delivering their goods and what they need uh, to their doorsteps. And so that was, uh, it was rewarding twofold for me. Mm-hmm. I think we all got a bit of perspective, right, from COVID? We did. 
of course, we can't forget, you know, it uh, impacted a lot of lives. Um, it was tough for a lot of people. Uh, and I think we, um, we, uh, we can't forget that. It's important that we don't forget that. Um, but uh, some of us were fortunate. I, myself, uh, yourself, uh, clearly some of those uh, people that were fortunate that were had the luxury to be able to reflect yeah. uh, and focus on themselves and, and grow uh, and listen yeah. a little bit more. Very important. We, 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 if, if only we listen more than we speak, <laughs> the world, world would be a better place. My wife says that all the time. Speaking of uh, speaking, of speaking uh, Alexa in Arabic device that you, you speak to, um, now we're entering your happy place. All right. I told you we'll get there in the end. Um, it's, 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 I mean, it's genius. It's AI. It's you speaking into a thing saying, Alexa, you know, what's the weather like today? And, and the thing responds. And your mission or your uh, MO at Amazon is to convert that to Arabic speaking people. And, and provide that product to the Arab world. Is that a correct analysis? Yeah. So when we, um, so Alexa's not a new technology. Alexa's been around for eight years now. Um, and we've been cracking on behind the scenes to unblock uh, and build new languages, new language models uh, for people that speak different languages. Um, and a few years ago, uh, we decided to do that with Arabic. Um, I think I was telling you earlier, what often happens in technology is, uh, is you try and serve your, your biggest population and there's half a billion Arabic speakers around the world. But what we wanted to do is get really close to our customers. And this is something Amazon does really well. We have something called customer obsession as a leadership principle. And we, we really drive the decisions that sometimes don't make sense in the short term. It's like, I was like, okay, so we're operating in Saudi. I want to serve my Saudi customers. Um, all right. Okay, boss, let's forget about the half a billion. Let's focus on the 30 million. And it sounds sometimes like it's a crazy idea because you're better off having a bigger net. Um, but if you really want to be customer obsessed, you've got to you've got to go down to the metal and really try and understand that customer. And so when we were talking languages, if we built uh, something in MSA in Fusha, it was probably not going to be used because we don't speak Fusha in our day to day. Um, you know, if you had to, uh, if I said to you, Mo, how would I say, uh, close the curtains in Arabic? Go on, do it. If I wanted to say, close the blinds in Arabic, what would you say? So we have to think about it. Uh, because there's probably another word for blinds on it. <laughs> I don't even know what it is right now. Yeah. Uh, and um, and the reality is, if it's easier for the customer to go off and do something manually, so go to the blinds and just close it themselves, then they're just going to do that. Uh, for this to be meaningful, you need to be talking to it like you're talking to 
your friends, your loved ones, your parents, your children, your partner. And only if you talk in your natural words will you be able to utilize it. Yeah, I agree. And if you have to like complicate the language and if you've got to put layers on top of layers on top of layers, then it's just going to be a redundant technology. Uh, and so that's what we did. No one will use it if that was the case. 100%. Uh, and so what we did, we kind of just, we focused on the Saudi customer uh, and we decided to build Arabic, not only Alexa, not only in Arabic, but we decided to build Alexa in Arabic that understood all the Gulf dialects and spoke in our dialect. Uh, and that was, uh, that was amazing. And it was also a challenge and it was, uh, it was tough. My Lord, it was tough because unlike many languages, there is no single source of truth when it comes to dialects in Arabic. There is no Najdi dictionary or Hejazi dictionary, Hasawi dictionary. They don't exist. Uh, and so we had to get really creative around teaching the machine, the machine learning models, how to understand, what to understand and how to speak afterwards. Uh, it's not just about the words. So in, in Arabic, there's 12.3 million words vis-a-vis 600,000 in English and 150,000 in French. So like, just think about that just in terms of just the volumes game, it's just huge. And then you and your listeners will know if you'll, you know, you can say things, you can, the same word can also mean multiple different things in Arabic for multiple different parts of the Arabic world. Um, and so that, you know, understanding intent becomes really important, uh, not just the meaning. And so it's not just a quick lookup. Um, putting phrases, intent of a word, a word might mean something on its own as a standalone. It might mean something different when you put it in a sentence. And so all of those things just adds layers and layers and layers of complexity. Um, and so it took us a little while, uh, but we were adamant we were going to solve for this and we were going to try and solve for the Saudi customer. And it was, um, it was, uh, really, really rewarding when I, uh, heard Alexa for the first time. I uh, speak in Arabic. It wasn't anywhere as good as what it is right now. And we're still what we call day one. We're still learning. We're still right at the beginning of our journey. Uh, but it was really remarkable. So were you responsible for just the Saudi markets? No. So, so we are building Alexa in Arabic. And so there's two things to, to, um, to differentiate between. One is what Alexa understands. And then the second one is how Alexa speaks. And the toughest part here is the understanding. Because the speech is an output. We call our TTS technology, text-to-speech technology. Uh, and that's just an output. And that's, um, I won't say it's simple, but it's significantly simpler than our ASR automatic speech recognition. This is our conversational speech recognition uh, because of dialects, because of accents, because of variation and intent, meaning, context, all the rest of the other things that we talked about. Uh, and so what we wanted to do is build the technology to understand the, the widest uh, set of customers within the Gulf, focused on our Saudi customers, expanded to the UR, UAE customers, and then we, we uh, built something that was able to understand all Khaliji dialects. Uh, and that's a massive variation between uh, a Hejazi dialect to uh, uh, Kuwaiti. Kuwaiti, yeah. yeah. A huge, like, so, so, I mean, with us, we, Jamal is Jamal and, and 
in Khalij. They don't pronounce the ja, yamal. Um, hina, hini. Yeah. And that's just right off the surface, like if we were to dig deeper. How about that? <laughs> Send the driver. Arsili Sawag. Arsili Gabal Bad. Is it Bad? Uh, is before. Yeah, before. Yeah, but see, I mean, even even I don't know that. I, I lived in the UAE for five years. Um, so so you 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 had to do Arabic, every single Arabic word for every single accent. Yeah. Well, we 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 what we did was we had to get super creative because unlike a lot of our other models, we could we could feed a dictionary that didn't exist. And so we actually went to the drawing board and started to think around how could we teach Alexa Arabic? And who better to teach Alexa Arabic than Arabs? I would imagine yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. And so we 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 decided to say, right, so where is our focus? So for instance, uh, in Saudi. And we were like, okay, so here are 13 regions. Let's try and get beta testers. Uh, I think the number was like 18,000 beta testers up and down the kingdom across all the regions. Uh, and we gave these people devices uh, and these customers played the device, teaching them the words. They were, we would, uh, they would say something and if they get it wrong, they would tell us, we, we, you know, I asked for the lights and the, uh, and the air conditioning went on and we're like, great, well, you we need to change that. And it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a long process. Um, but that was our first stepping stones in kind of teaching uh, Alexa the dialects. It's a lot of work. It's fascinating. And I can see what you mean by it being rewarding when it eventually did feel like it was rewarding. Yeah, it was um, just in the two years in building. Um, I'm talking, um, I don't know if I can share the number, but it was in the, it's a, a lot of millions of dollars of investment uh, in this. Uh, and I think of it as an investment in the in the Saudi in the Saudi economy, because what we did was unique, uh, and to my knowledge, there isn't anything like it today. Uh, and we'll continue to do that. We'll continue to push on. We'll continue to teach. And I, I think I mentioned earlier, we are still day one. Right? Mm -hmm. It's still not perfect. There's far from that. Um, uh, but I don't know. Have you have you tried one yet? Have you tried Lex in Arabic? No. You need to. I'll be honest with you. I haven't tried it in English. <laughs> okay. So no. Let's try in Arabic. Let's try in Arabic first. Uh, and um, is it a device that you message me? Pop pop in your house somewhere. So so Alexa is actually the AI technology that uh, that can sit in many devices. Okay. They can sit in what we call our Echo devices. Uh, and these are, often folks re refer to them as Alexa devices, but they're really Echo devices. They're speakers, they're smart speakers, sometimes with a screen, sometimes without a screen. Uh, and they house an Alexa. Um, but also we have Alexa in third-party products. So you can have Alexa in your um, Samsung TV, your LG TV. It could be in your fridge. You can be in your Lavazza coffee maker. And we're not talking about a device that just responds, uh, that just reacts to Alexa. But I'm saying it has an Alexa in the device. So your coffee, make, your coffee maker, your coffee machine will talk back to you and you say, can you please make my coffee 
and play buble at the same time uh and it, it does that whilst you're doing something else with your time that's really cool especially the buble part <laughs> that's really cool um yeah no i definitely gotta get on it um i think it does way more than just tell 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 tells you what the weather is um and just any bit of tech fascinates me honestly so when we started alexa only did eight things i think it told you the time the weather alarms played music all right i'm gonna struggle to but now there's thousands you can do so much with your alexa uh i um when we first launched my mother lives on her own here in jidda and um I was super excited because I wanted to put an I wanted to put an Echo device and like an Alexa in every single room. Ah, and she was like, "I don't need all of this. Like, what's all of this for? If I don't need speakers in the house." I was like, "Mom, I I made this, and when we were building this, I have a I have a little um little um at Amazon we have something called phone tool icons, mm-hmm. and so when we when you look up in the internal Amazon directory, you see your name." Uh, what department you're working in, you know, who your boss is, if you have reportees, what's your team, uh, and that sort of thing in the director. And we have also a little section in there that has little awards. These are phone tool icons. Uh, and so these are normally like big projects that you work on, you know, you're part of the super acquisition, you get a little phone tool icon. Uh, and over time with Amazon, you start collecting your little accolades uh, of the, the different and varied things that you do at Amazon. Uh, and so we built an award called uh, Raf's Mother Award. It's actually called Senna. So what my mother's name is Senna. Uh, and, uh, and the focus there is to build the product for Senna. Because if it works for my mom, it will work for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and so when we were building, we were like got super creative around, you know, what's Raf's mother interested in? I was like, well, my mom listens to Quran during the day. We're like, great. So we need to build a Quran feature. Uh, I'm like, okay, my mom wants the prayer times. Great. We need to build a prayer time feature. I'm not just talking about like a lookup to say, you know, what time is Maghrib prayer this day? And it gives you back a, a time. I'm like, it connects to your routine. So you can say, al-fajr, open the blinds, turn off the aircon, turn on the lights, you do multiple different things with your routines. And then it gets intelligent. Uh, and then it really becomes super useful. Um, we built a uh, hijri in the background and you're probably looking at me like, why is that interesting? No, no, no one uses hijri anymore. But the reality is it's like for many, well, not for many, like mitin zilaratib. That's an hijri. Um, Ramadan, that's an hijri. Eid. So if you want to tell, if you want to tell Alexa, remind me, asraf uh, al-Ramadan, then on uh, day 19 of Ramadan, she's going to send you a reminder, go to the bank before those banknotes get so it's yeah, like a calendar. It can act like a calendar almost. 100%. Like a PA. Uh, a companion, an assistant that can help you in every day and every part of your life. And the idea really is to free you up to be present. And this is what I love about it. There's, um, I was listening to one of these TED Talks the other day. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. This young girl, she's about like five years old and doing this remarkable TED Talk. And she talks about the importance of child development. Uh, and she talks about the importance of um, giving time to kids. And so being present 
with your children. Uh, so if you're if you're on your phone, guess what? Child wants to be on their phone. If you're on a laptop, guess what? They're going to want to be on a laptop. To mirror you. And they're going to want to mirror you. And that's, it's natural. Uh, and the beauty of Alexa is it gives you time back to be present. How do you get more people to use Alexa? What elements do you capitalize on as a, as a, as a pull factor? How do you market it, in short? Well, I don't think it's about marketing it. I think it's about building something that is useful. If something is useful, customers will use it. Um, otherwise, it's just, uh, if we build something and it goes in the drawer, then uh, that's not useful at all. Uh, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why, multiple fronts. At Alexa, I do not have a KPI on device sales. Yep. So no targets? My targets are engagement. How much do customers use the device? And the reason being is if a customer buys a device and puts it in the drawer, then they don't benefit and we don't benefit. That's useless. And we don't want to be that. We want to be a product. We want to create a product that helps our customers in their day-to-day life. And the only way to measure that is if customers are using it. And that's my KPIs. I have KPIs on engagement. How often do customers use it? Are they showing that off to their friends when their friends are coming to the house? Because that's that's not just word of mouth. That's proof of work. It's a utility that you create. Yep. And so if you build something, again, that is meaningful for Raf's mother, uh, then, then she doesn't want to get rid of it. So I told you the anecdote earlier. I told you the story about her telling me, like, why do I need all these devices in every single room? Now she's like, I couldn't live without one of these things. Because... It's what, she, she, it's what your mother's saying now. Yeah, because she switched on and off the light uh, when she's in bed, makes sure all the ha- lights around the house are turned off. She doesn't have to ask anyone to do that. She just says, Alexa, turn off all the lights in the house. Wow. She makes sure all the air condition is off. She, when her ring doorbell rings... She sees through Alexa who's at the door. She, uh... Can she open the door through voice recognition of Alexa? She... I mean, she doesn't have that, but she could, yeah. If she had a... If she had a... If she had a smart lock and it was connected to Alexa and there are many of those that work right now today, then she can look through the the ring camera to see who's at the door and ask for the door to be opened. Yes. If you are in another continent and then you get an Amazon delivery at your door and then you get a notification on your phone that there's an Amazon delivery guy at your door and you wanted to put the parcel inside, you can say in some way, the tech exists today where you can say, Alexa, open door and the door pops open for him. I have that. I have that right now in a house that's outside uh, Saudi. And um, when Amazon person comes to deliver, I open the door. I ask them to leave it there. I can speak to them. They can uh, hear me. I can see them. And put the parcel just there, please. Shut the door behind you. I can see the door lock. And off they go. In a few years, we can leave our house and leave our kids there and go on vacation. And you know, through Alexa, they can do everything that we can do. Well, the whole idea is to give you time. Wing. With your kids. Your kids. <laughs> yeah. No, both. No, 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 no. You will spend time with your kids. That Present. is brilliant. That is amazing. That is amazing. That's way more than what I thought Alexa can do, honestly. But it's um, it's uh, 
it's still day one. I keep, I'll keep, you will hear me say this uh, a lot today. It's, um, it's the beginning of our journey. We launched in December, 2021. Uh, so we've only been around for a year and a bit. We've seen just remarkable uptake from our Saudi customers. I told you from an engagement perspective, uh, they're right there at the top, uh, or right there at the top of the list. Uh, and from a smart home, on average, a Saudi customer is connected to 11 verified smart home devices, which means they have 11 smart home devices connected to their Alexa. We've only been around for a year and a bit. Why Alexa? The name, do you know? Yeah. So, uh, so the inspiration for Alexa is, uh, are you a Trekkie? Trekkie or Techie? A Trekkie. Trekkie. Outdoors? Star Trek. Star Trek, I'm the furthest thing away from that. All right. So in Star Trek, um, there was in the Starship Enterprise uh, a a computer that could listen to the commands of the captain and do everything that they wanted. Walk me to this speed, take us there, do this, teleport me here, teleport me there. And that was our vision, to build something that could help you. Uh in every task of your day. And that's our North Star. Uh, but the name Alexa is actually quite interesting. Uh, it came from the great library of Alexandria in Egypt, uh, which was one of the biggest libraries in the world. Uh, and that's where Alexa's name came from. Interesting. From the city of Alexandria? Yeah, from. I didn't know that one of the biggest libraries in the world were from there. That's a fun fact of the day. <laughs> Do you guys bank on how tech savvy the region is? You look at Saudi per capita, I think Twitter is number one, don't quote me, but we're definitely 99% out. Uh, My mother's on Twitter. Your mother's on Twitter. This is all you're doing, by the way. <laughs> Turn her into a techie. With YouTube, we are, I mean, I just, I, I can see, I can see local content creators who have X amount of subscribers and how many views they get compared to someone in the States with the same and how many views they get. Nothing. Like like a tenth of what they get over here. Uh, I don't know why that is. We love our social media. We love our tech. We're very savvy, by the way, with our... Uh, by the way, you, you, you can tell me this. You know this better than I do. Do you guys bank on that? When putting Alexa together, did you say that, yeah, you know, we can really take it someplace and we should definitely double down on Arabic because when it's live, it will stick. So we try to solve for everyone uh, because uh, Alexa, as it is for my mother, it's also for Isra, uh, listening to her music. It's also for Mo, Mo to uh, set up his studio using Alexa. Uh, and so you've, you've got to think about how you serve your customer and your customer comes in all shapes and sizes. Uh, so that's the first thing. Um, it definitely helps that you have a young tech savvy uh, population. I think the consensus just came out today. Um, the Saudi consensus, I think we are at 61% under the age of 30. Um, that's a massive portion of your population. Um, but when we're, when we're building this, it's just about the customer. 
So whether that customer is tech savvy or not, it's got to serve them um, and it's got to be useful. 61% under, is that Saudi only? Yes. It's got to be one of the widest population pyramids from, from, from the bottom. I mean, you, you, you hear that, yeah, our youngsters represent two thirds. Um, that's wrong. It was, it was, uh, 10 years ago, there was almost 70%. Uh, so we're having, uh, having less babies, but I think between you and I, I think we've, uh, we've, we've done, we've done our bit for the community. <laughs> You're nuts. I love it. You're absolutely right. We have done our bit for, our, for the community. Six between us, huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. We uh, we deserve something in the mail. Um, <laughs> Looking forward to that with Sam. Uh, regulatory challenges um, that tech companies face um, in terms of operation in, in, in the MENA region. Uh challenges face face challenges that you faced with regulatory issues uh with things related to the legality and all that was 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 that a, a smooth entry to the point that you're at today or did you face some headwinds so i guess what's beautiful about that question is it's today uh and not five years ago or six years ago where i think the answer would have seemed very different we are in a Saudi with a vision to be part of the future. Uh, and the regulatory environment has done nothing but build a solid foundation for us to be able to reach our customers. Uh, and I think that's, uh, that's quite remarkable. You don't see that in a lot of places in the world where there's a lot of regulatory hurdles and policy being thrown at tech. Rather looking at the positives and seeing how it can enable our community. And so we want to build a thriving economy. Um, well, guess what? When you start creating, when you start creating and bringing in something new, you create a whole new set of jobs, a whole new set of skill sets, uh, and you're bringing that here. Uh, when you're talking about culture, and culture is such a significant part of what the vision is today, kind of ensuring that we're telling our story, sharing our narrative, talking about who we are as individuals, uh, who we are collectively. Um, and then you think about Alexa being so hyper-local that it will tell you about, uh, not just about Aliyom uh, al-Watani, but about Zygest and things that are happening in the news today. Uh, yesterday, uh, our astronauts, uh, our astronauts uh, landed uh, in Houston, from the International Space Station, Alexa to know that, to have to be able to have commentary about that. Consensus came out today to Alexa know that, have commentary about that. Um, that's hyper-local. It really does, is under the skin of the community because it's built by the community. But also it's exporting it because it's also, um, you, you can use this device anywhere in the world. Yeah. And so... Now you're exporting your culture as well through Alexa, which is incredibly powerful. Um, if you're thinking about uh, energy, where we're, we're becoming more energy efficient, less waste. I think about Alexa and you think about smart home and how it can preserve uh, using less water, less energy. And you think like all of those things together and you think it's almost as if this thing here was built to support the vision 
in like every shape and form. Yeah. Sustainability on like you, you touched on something that is really high on the priority list for every new initiative that, that, that you hear, how to reduce your carbon footprint, how to create a, a greener environment. Looking around Saudi, um, the Saudi Green Initiative, planting 10 billion trees across Saudi in the next, I don't know how many years, but it's just a ridiculous figure. You can tell that sustainability is something that is of high importance uh, for for what the government is trying to build here. And and that's like a major pillar under the Saudi Green Initiative. I'm, I'm smiling, but I can't share what I want to share. Uh, but watch this space. Okay, uh, okay. you can tell me. <laughs> There'll be a really cool announcement uh, around around that and what we're doing in Saudi as well. Amazing. In that space. Amazing. But you hear about um, consumer protection and privacy and it being an issue for people um, in, in the tech world. Uh, a bunch of memes have, have gone around uh, where people are talking about something, a husband and their wife, and then... And then I think it's like the the Google thing laughs in, in return for what was just said. And then all of a sudden, um, whether it's Mark Zuckerberg or whatever, uh, heard that conversation. Um, where do you stand or where does Alexa stand? Where does Amazon stand with everything concerning consumer protection and privacy in general? So if you want to put device in people's homes, you've got to earn their trust. And you will know that trust is is hard to earn and then quickly to lose. And so when we build these devices, we build with privacy in mind. I'll give you like three examples that come to mind. Like if you think about any device that has a screen that has a camera, it's not just about being able to turn off the camera. It's about actually having a physical plastic slide that goes on top of the camera that covers the camera lens. Yep. To ensure that that camera is not recording anything. Um, our mic. Uh, so if Alexa is on uh, and listening to the wake word, then the mic, the blue light or the blue ring goes around and the light is there uh, to showcase. And when it's not on, the camera is off. There's no electricity to the mic. So the mic is off. There's no electricity to the mic. Uh, and then, so that's like the, the privacy aspect of it, the kind of the uh, the mic and the camera because they're the, the, the two biggest thing that uh, obviously is the, the go-to when we talk about privacy. And then when we talk about data, it's about giving customers full control of their data and transparency across the board. What does that mean? It means today if you use Alexa, and you say to Alexa, Alexa, what have you heard? And it can tell you what it, what it has. And then you say, Alexa, delete this. Uh, or delete what, the last hour. Delete everything. Um, you can, And so just giving the customer control over that content, over that data, is incredibly important. And that there is what builds trust. And that there is, is whilst... Critics has uh, maybe point towards uh, privacy and, and, and data. Well, when we build with these things in mind, is the reason why we have hundreds of millions of customers using these devices, because they trust it. And if we break the customer's trust, 
we lose, the customer loses. So if you're asking Alexa to delete the last hour of whatever it recorded, it isn't, it isn't like backed up on some hard drive uh, that is under the control of Amazon? No, no, absolutely not. You couldn't even let me get through that question without <laughs> laughing in my face. I had to can, break out. Can, can you imagine if you're trying to, you're trying to like save conversation of billions of customers over trillions of hours? Yeah, you're, you're going to need a big, uh, a big room uh, where, where, where all the hard drives are, are stored. <laughs> trying to get you to crack is not working. Um, do you guys work closely with uh, with governments? Do, I mean, do they play a role in this? While on the subject of of uh, legislation and all that, um, we, in terms of content creation, so it, I guess it depends. So in some open. in some in some places, it's more important than others. Uh, we're lucky enough in this part of the world where. Government is seeing opportunity and is helping and guiding the broader community to invest in different spaces. And so I'll, I'll give you like a live example. Last year, Ministry of Culture in Saudi, um, it was the year of the coffee. Yeah. Uh, and it was all about, uh, it was all about Saudi coffee and about educating and telling the narrative around Saudi coffee. Uh, because it's something that has existed for years and years and years. And only a couple of years ago, I never knew that we had coffee that was grown in Saudi, that was exported all around the world, that was used in across the board. Um, down south, they're big on that. It's, it's her region, Shizan. And it's amazing. The quality is just mind-blowing. I, I saw your kit out here, so you're, you're a coffee buff as well. Yeah, I am. And it's just, it's just astonishing. Uh, just didn't know it existed. No. And so last year, Ministry of Culture decided to uh, talk about it. And they named the year, Year of the Coffee. Alexa, in Arabic, was able to not only understand uh, those messages, but also help share the story. And so if you asked Alexa about Saudi coffee, where it originates, beans, where they're from, like all of those things. Like Alexa would, would know that and would be able to share that. This year, it's about poetry. This year is the year of the poetry with Ministry of Culture. Guess what? Alexa has, I don't know if you know this, Alexa, Alexa is able to recite original Arabic poetry. Is that something that you guys stored into it? Any kind of poetry that has ever been published is is... Is is with it, is embedded within the Alexa? No, so we we work with the community here. So we work. Um, so I, I said I said earlier we have I have a personality team that sits in Riyadh um, that literally help and sh help shape Alexa's personality, which is a intrinsic part of being local. And so we work with poets to write original poetry for Alexa. Uh, we we uh, do, we work with producers, musicians to create uh, the sounds. Uh, we, you know, uh, actually the other day, my team was sending me a picture of a recording studio and it had like a full uh, ba uh, like Shalat band, <laughs> and, you know, with all the darabukas and everything. And I was like, 
wow. And I just thinking like, there were like 30 people in that room recording. Uh, I was like, I don't know what other technology is bringing the heart of Saudi music in a room to create that digitally, to be able to kind of be part of Alexa's original music. Uh, and so, so that's like a core part of building locally. I would imagine that's very popular uh, amongst the Saudis, especially if you're going to ask Alexa to play a song for you. Shalat? Shalat what? What do you mean Shalat what? What you said Shalat? What Shalat? Oh, Shalat is a is a is a is a is a local genre. What do you mean Shalat what? <laughs> God, jokes on me. <laughs> um, the automated aspect of play that song as opposed to someone going to YouTube and, and popping it up on their on their TV is just tech on a different level. So my boys today, um, when they uh, when they uh, drink their milk, uh, they need a little bit of music in the background. Okay. I was so worried you're going to say that they're, they're involved with Alexa and telling me to <laughs> at 11 months. I was about to, I was about to end the show right now and go train my seven months. Old. No. So, so for us, it's like, uh, Alexa play this song or Alexa play that song. And then we're like running around with like three bottles and some water and, and whatever it is that we're like. Uh, extra nappies that are in here. Yes. <laughs> Still allow you to do it. Um, so all of that, all of that happens with uh, freeing up your hands to do other things. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, really. You know, more time, more hands. Uh, advice for people who want to follow a career like yours or a career that could one day lead them to Amazon. Um, pursuing a career in your field in general, what advice would you have for those who share similar interests? I don't know if I'm I'm the right person to uh, model uh, any career advice. I, I'm... Um, but it ended well with you. Hopefully uh, this is uh, still part of my journey. No, I... Um, I guess you've just got to know... I, I'm the kind of person that's never planned too far ahead. Uh, I know what the trajectory of travel is. I know which direction I want to go in, uh, but I don't know where I'm going. Uh, and I kind of live by the opportunity that comes by. And if I think the opportunity that is presented to me, is it better or worse than the situation I'm in? And if it's better, then it's another stepping stone to go somewhere else and learn. As long as you're learning. Because... When we stop learning, there's... We're done. <laughs> I think stop learning, and that also includes resisting the art of learning, not thinking that you know it all. God, what a dark day that is if, uh, if, if uh, any of us ever reached where you feel like you know it all and you're just, you know, not receptive to learning. I don't want to, I don't want to, live to that day you know no i mean it's the it's the it's the thing that keeps me going um i've jumped i i, I spoke to you before the mics were on um telling you a little bit about the various things that i've done in my life 
Uh, and every one of those things is an opportunity to learn, whether it's uh, telesales, trying to sell double glazing or working in the kitchen. Each one of those things has taught me something. Um, you know, like I, I genuinely believe, you know, age of 15, trying to sell double glazing on a phone to someone that is not interested in picking up your call, it's got to teach you to be resilient. It's oh, got yeah. to teach you to be uh, patient. It's got to teach you. It's like so much that you learn from that. And that's just another stepping stone in your personal development that takes you somewhere else. Now, I'll answer your question about how does one get into tech? I think what's beautiful about today is that there has been huge investments in Saudi in technology in a way that we haven't seen through the history of, uh, of the nation's existence. The last five, six years, it's been a beautiful tech development uh, that has really allowed young Saudi men and women to learn something new, develop new skills. It was really tough, by the way. When I, when I came to hire in Saudi and I, and, I, and I turned around to my hiring team and I said to them, they were based out of the UK, and I was like, guys, uh, I need to hire a team and I want everyone to be in Saudi. And they were like, like everyone? I'm like, yeah, they're like, including your product people. I'm like, yeah. In including the, your solution architects. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, where are we going to find these people? I'm like, they exist. You just got to find. Uh, and they were like, it's, 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 it's possible, but it's going to take us a long time. And you don't have time because you need to get your product to market. And, you know, there's no way we're going to find these vast amount of people in such a short period of time. And I said, look, we can, we can go off and find people that have the right mindsets, uh, the right background. And at Amazon, we hire at a, at a bar. We have our leadership principles and we have our hiring process to ensure that we have a really high bar in hiring. And what we do there is we say, is the person that we're hiring better than 50% of the people doing this same job at the same job at the same level currently at Amazon? And if the answer is yes, then we hire. And what that happens, what, what that does is increases the bar on an ongoing basis. Um, and so, you know, if we're... How do you, sorry, how do you measure the criteria against what the um, aggregate is as opposed to the incoming potential employee? So we have a uh, very rigorous process. We go through um, the hiring process normally starts off with um, a couple of interviews. Um, and then when you get through those, we go through something called uh, the loop. Uh, which is essentially five interviews, usually in one day, uh, where you're interviewed by five different leaders. Sometimes they're in the field of division that you want to be hired in, and sometimes not. Uh, and what they are doing is they're asking you a series of uh, behavioral questions around how you reacted and acted on things in your past. So not a hypothetical, not, not how would you manage this problem, but actually how would how did you manage this problem uh and then what we focus on is our lps our leadership principles um customer obsession bias for action dive deep and each one of these things we have a series of criteria that we look against and then we say right in this response has this person uh showed the right level uh the right level 
of oh um it's getting late now um coffee time coffee time accurate yeah i mean depiction but basically well we look at the um we're interviewing we look at the uh we go to our lps our leadership principles and we say has this person met the bar mm-hmm. uh and really is it it's as simple as that and has it most of the time been right no it's tough has it most of the time has has that system oh the hiring been, process been correct in, oh it's in the appraisal of uh, potential employees oh it's uh it's a incredibly powerful process because at the end of the five interviews we all sit in a room and we do a, what we call a debrief uh and what we do there is we 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 go through our lp we say we either say we're inclined to hire or not inclined to hire we take a vote and we need to be a unanimous vote of all hire in order to hire and we have what we call a bar raiser to ensure that the bar is indeed uh at the right uh place um and so this is a really 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 rigorous process um but each opportunity each interview is another opportunity to gain an advocate that sits down in the room and says you know i you know in the question that i asked mo you know i wanted to hear about diving deep uh and really this person wasn't uh wasn't what we call peeling the onion to look for the data to find that information um and someone else would say yeah, yeah but in the question that i asked him um mo gave me x y and z and it was complex enough and it had these layers uh that you saw he was focusing on and it was the right things and all the rest of it and then and then he would say right okay so we we can prove then that mo has the dive deep uh, leadership principle and we want to know. but we need to then have go through that whole process uh in order to hire so it's um it's tough uh to have a unanimous vote across six people uh, uh and our bar raisers often have done two, three, four, five hundred interviews, and so they're experienced interviewers. Um, and um, it served us well. It served us well because we need to continuously raise that bar internally at Amazon to hire. And so when we came to hire in Saudi, it was it was it was tough because I needed to hire people in an industry that didn't exist. I couldn't turn around and say this person worked, you know, longer than or or more than someone that's been doing this at Amazon because sell them they had uh, some people did uh but often they they didn't work in technology and so the question was did they meet the right leadership principle bars and because if they did then we can teach them the other stuff the other stuff is is teachable uh, and that's that's kind of what makes this super rewarding because in this short period of time we've also brought new skills and expertise in an industry that is absolutely new and so what I'd say to people out there looking to work in this industry is this is a really beautiful time to seek that uh, because there's so many opportunities out there. Yeah. Um, it's a fascinating bit of HR, by the way, that whole process you just went through. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's interesting to see how the best in the business do it when it comes to hiring. Uh, I mean, I look at uh, Amazon as, as the top five company in the world. Uh, and just to hear, you know, the layers that you have to go through to get a job there is, uh, I'm like, wow, it's, it's tough to get your foot in the door there. It's tough to get your foot in the door. It's, uh, it's, uh, but once you do, it's rewarding because I go back, it's, uh, it's a great learning experience. Mm-hmm. In the seven years I've been at the company, I've, uh, worn multiple different hats. 
uh, and I've had an opportunity to lead multiple different teams and businesses uh, at this scale and at this pace is just uh, amazing. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had this experience anywhere else. If I was to ask you a very open-ended question, like, what makes you happy in life? Where would you go? With your answer. What a question. My wife. I'm not the happiest when I'm with her. But... But it can be more than that because it's probably not the world's most popular answer as much as it should be. I had a divorce coach on just before you and uh, she was trying not to share as many stories uh, as she was supposed to, but she ended up leaking <laughs> uh, without mentioning any names. And I was like, why is it that after marriage, I was telling her that I have a, someone who I know in my uh, family who got divorced six months after marriage. She was like, I know it doesn't, didn't make it a month and it just becomes war. So to hear you say that your wife is your happy place um, is really, it's amazing. Like it, um, it's, it's, it's what I want to hear more of, you know, because the divorce rates are up in Saudi. Uh, you hear like people just moan and complain wives on their husbands and husbands on their wives uh and to hear you say that honestly is is beautiful we have a now <laughs> I'll, i'm taking your word for it uh, no she's a, a a remarkable human being i guess i guess it goes back to uh being fortunate enough with my family where they put uh almost no pressure on me to find my partner uh, and what I did they were fully accepting uh, and supportive uh, and that just takes away like a massive burden um, of expectations and then it allows you to be you uh, and it allows the relationship to be natural simple uh, and it allows me to find uh, a safe place in her uh, and hopefully a, a safe place for her and me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's, um, it's, uh, it's also a journey. Um, and I think that's, um, what kind of makes it special is we kind of go through this, uh, beautiful journey of life. Um, and I get to choose, uh, a companion that, uh, I want to be by my side. I think that's what makes, uh, uh you, you know, unique. Yeah. Totally. Unique. Having a, a, a strong core at home, being you know father and mother, sure. is all a child can dream of. Indirectly, they'll know when they're older. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll, they'll think uh, they'll think they're lucky stars. Looking back, that uh, you know, wow, I'm very appreciative of having parents who loved each other and who were very strong together. Because the likelihood of divorce in in today's world is so much higher than it was uh, when when we were kids in the nineties. We're we're both born in nineteen eighty three. Divorce rates in Saudi nineteen eighties and nineties is nowhere near where they are today. 
I don't know what happened, but something happened <laughs> where it's just so much more ubiquitous. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. What I do know is that I'm nowhere near perfect. And uh, my partner is nowhere near perfect. And we accept these imperfections in ourselves. Uh, but we have some simple rules. We, you know, we never go to sleep being upset with each other. Uh, we have uh, transparent and open conversations. Uh, and uh, we focus on the things that matter. Uh, and the smaller things are usually, uh, you know, relationships, in, you know, through the essence of, 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 of two human, two imperfect humans going through life together is always going to find hurdles. Uh, and as long as you kind of know, accept and appreciate our imperfections and our collective imperfection, uh, it allows us to focus on something else and not the imperfections. That's what it's about, right? Almost, I don't know if I'm using the word correctly, but, but tolerance on some level, you come with a specific ways of things that you are used to doing throughout the 30 or 40 years that you've been alive for. And I'm not, if I'm going to ask you to unlearn those things or do things my way, we're never going to find happiness or agree. So you almost have to tolerate that person in the, in the, in the most gentle sense of the word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think that's definitely something that's lacking in the world along with love and consideration and all these adjectives that, you know, we, um, dream of, <laughs> Uh, toler tolerance is, is, is up on that list as well. Tolerance is, is, uh, a key ingredient, a key ingredient. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's a, there's a long list that she needs to tolerate in me. Um, uh, there's a shorter list that I need to tolerate in her. Uh, but, um, I think, uh, honestly, I think it's just, um, it's the frank, open conversation and knowing that we want to go through it together. Mm -hmm. So it makes it easy. Yeah. It's not easy, but it makes it easier. Easy doesn't enter grown-ups' life. I heard that in a movie once. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> Michael Caine said it. It had to be someone like Michael Caine. Yeah, it had to be someone like Michael Caine. For those who don't know Mike, Michael Caine, you know, shame on you. But <laughs> the um, the PA of Batman, let's say, the British, uh, the British, it was British as you can get with Michael Caine. I love him as well. Um, stress, what stresses you and how do you manage or extinguish it? Stress, stress is a, is a part of our everyday lives. I, uh, I have a, a, you know, I work in a very fast paced environment, stressful by its very nature. Uh, I have three kids under the age of one. It's stressful by its uh, very nature. Um, I uh, I didn't tell you I was um, also renovating an old house. It's uh, almost 400 and, uh, 400 and something years old. So that's also very stressful. Uh, working with contractors. Um, you, and that's, uh, that's just a snippet of, of my life at a, at a really high level. And so the reality is um, the reality is 
we to overcome stress we need to put boundaries in our lives we need to appreciate what's important and appreciate what's not important that word boundaries is so underemphasized and i just started practicing it in my life i didn't know what the hell it meant boundaries but i just started learning it and incorporating it and the levels of my happiness just exponentially went up oh 100% uh, and uh, i like yourself i was really terrible with boundaries part of it is kind of self-inflicted i'm also um uh i i thrive off uh, being around people i uh remember sharing this recently to someone i said uh when i was at university i uh i had seven keys seven copies of keys that were just handed around different friends uh i bought a a tv with a playstation despite the fact that i don't play a uh, playstation only just so i can have people over um and then i realized as you kind of go in and you kind of in your own space like great like i need those keys back now <laughs> so so you know that was a, that was a quick lesson in boundaries that kind of hit me smack in the face um but it's uh it's um i know there's a there's a saying in arabic that my father taught me uh really beautiful it helps us uh with balance uh and this balance really helps us with setting our boundary because we need to know where our balance is uh in order to set our boundaries it's ahbib habibaka hawnan ma asa an yakuna aduwaka yawman ma wa wa abghid aduwaka hawnan ma asa an yakuna habibaka yawman ma um the first one is that words to the effect of keep your friends close and your enemies closer no it doesn't no, no it's it's um it's a uh, love with balance and hate with balance okay uh, and so when you love don't um don't exaggerate in your love and when you hate don't exaggerate in your hate uh and that finds a nice little beautiful middle ground uh and then that middle ground allows you to understand uh you and then when you understand you you understand where your boundaries are uh and it's kind of like it's a it's a full circle then that goes all the way around words of wisdom <laughs> that's what happens at <laughs> past midnight yeah so 15 a.m speaking of words of wisdom what's the wisest thing you've ever heard oh to on the spot now huh? that is take a second wisest thing i've ever heard mm. or wisest as advice or, or wisest bit of something anyone's ever told you love yourself mm. i don't know if someone's told me that or if i read it somewhere or i've heard it somewhere but i think self love is important is that the same as putting yourself first it can be putting yourself first i don't think it's necessarily putting yourself first i think um self love is about uh is about first of all knowing yourself and then knowing be making a conscious decision of where you want to put yourself uh in that uh, equation because you know you, you may make a decision one day uh, to put someone else first because in that situation it's more important when you're on a plane they say put your mask on in case of an emergency put your mask on first before you put your mask on on the child that's standing next to you um and in some cases it's going to be different uh but knowing that is really important there was no wisdom in that answer no the, 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 well the, the the connection with what we hear on flights i think is there's a lot of wisdom and depth behind the putting your own mask on before helping others because what good are you going to be if you can't help the people around you 
Typically, they're your loved ones. Uh, so yeah, helping yourself first so that you're in a position whereby you can then help those around you is crucial and, and underemphasized. Sometimes it's important to be selfish, and I think balancing the art of being selfish and selfless in a way where you're doing what's best for yourself all the while not harming those around you is an equilibrium that's typically hard to balance. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think um, it's uh, not only okay to be selfish, I think it's necessary to be selfish at times um, because, uh, you know, if uh, if you don't love you, how do you expect others to love you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something you wish to accomplish before your story is over. Um, and, and, and what if I was to say from professional side first, and then maybe uh, from Raf, the, the, the personal side? From professional side, I'd love to, you know, I'd, I'd love to wake up uh, five years from now and to kind of continue seeing that whatever technology I'm working in is continuing to touch people's lives and make them better. Uh, when I joined Alexa, it was incredibly important for me that it wasn't just another piece of technology, but it was meaningful. I said, you know, I said to you earlier, it's about giving you time back to do things that are more important. But it's also more than that. It's also about giving people with all sorts of different um, disabilities the power to be autonomous. And that's so powerful. People with paralysis, paralysis that can't move sometimes or walk or touch things are able to, with the power of their voice, turn on the lights, ask for things, do things, be supported. And you know what? We were speaking to, um, and uh, we haven't announced this yet, but we're, we're speaking to a big charity in Saudi uh, to help a disadvantaged community. And um, and I said, you know, what is, what is it that, what is it that's kind of um, been missing? She said, all the technology that exists has always been in English. And the majority of the people that we want to help don't speak English. And um, like it hit me. And I, and I was speaking to this young, this young Saudi man the other day. Uh, he's completely uh, visually impaired. He completely doesn't see anything. And I'm like, I get it. You know, this is, uh, this is helpful technology. You can do things. He said, and he said, Raf, for many, this might be a luxury. For me, I've used, by the way, Alexa for five years or something. And, and when I heard you guys launched Arabic, uh, like I switched my devices to Arabic. And, and he was like, he's like, I've never seen color. Um, this guy, Mohammed, can play the piano beautifully. And he goes, I've never seen color, but I associate color with emotion. When I when I want to play the piano and I want to say when I want to play something emotional, I ask Alexa to make the lights all in red. Even though I can't see the red, I feel the red. Stop. Yeah, and it you know it's about wow. it's about he says every day he lives uh, he lives on his own he lives autonomously, 
Uh, and he said, every day I use Alexa to call a friend to tell me that I'm dressed appropriately and I've got right clothes on. Like positive a, affirmations. And like, it's like, it's like, he said before Alexa, if it was cold in the room, I'd like fumble with the remote and try and like guess and hope that I've got the right remote in my hand to kind of get the temperature right. But it couldn't be accurate. I couldn't do 21.5 degrees. And he said, now I just say, Alexa, you know, I want it to be 21.5 degrees. No, no. And it's too cold now. I tell it to turn it off. I tell mm-hmm. it to go up uh, a degree or two. That's really meaningful. And if I'm able to do more, to create more accessibility by enabling technology to my community here in Saudi, in the broader Gulf, if I'm able to do just a little bit more in this space, I think I'll be very happy with what I've accomplished. It's a beautiful answer, man. Well, no. came from the heart. It's true. Mm. Doing more, huh? That's bottom line of what you want to accomplish. Touch more lives, help more. Yeah. Like, I'm in such a privileged position. And I, I showed this earlier when I said when we were doing the uh, Sukha acquisition, you know, one of the things is just my mind blew to kind of just think, I was like, wow, okay, so we're going to go to the Middle East. We're going to go to Saudi. And I was thinking, how many jobs can we create there? Like, and I just think about the state. By the way, think about when we acquired Souk, think about the state of unemployment in Saudi. It was very different to what it is today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying we solved that problem, but we definitely contribute to building. Yeah. In like, not just direct jobs, but also indirect jobs and induced jobs. It's not for every Amazon employee that you also hire in Saudi. Well, you know, every single Amazon box in Saudi is from a Saudi factory. Yeah. It's made here. Well, think about how many people that factory is hiring. Local products as well. And then think about the marketing team that needs to put the packaging, you know, create the designs for that. And they're they're also around here and they're also creating jobs. All this has like a massive rippling impact. And then you think, Wow, like there's food on people's tables. There's, uh, you know, some really powerful stuff happening. It's families that you've affected in the, what, thousands. You know, that's a we've, story. Honestly, we've just got started. I, I can't, like, I'm I'm so excited to kind of just think about Amazon 10 years in Saudi and the story I'll be telling you if we're sat here in 10 years' time and I'm still with Amazon and you're still doing your show mm-hmm. and we have a conversation, um, we're going to be talking about the hundreds of thousands, if not the millions of people that we touch. Uh, It'd be pretty cool to look back on this episode and see you almost predicting where it's going to go um, because the country knows where it's going. I mean, Vision 2030 is crystal clear and you know the, the KPI, the numbers, the targets, the figures are all there. And it's a freight train. It's a freight train and the editor you can beat that out (laughs) towards getting to that vision we've never had a vision in the country we've never had it we never had vision 20 2000 or 2010 or 2020 2030 is the first vision we had and um as someone who was once on my show sada said he said it's our north star and i was like yeah sada and i was like it's exactly what it is what is the north star it's it's where the populace look up to in the middle of the night specifically to see which way they should be heading in 
although it's not the middle of the night, it's it's where we constantly look to. Yep, that is where we collectively look towards. It's our common denominator uh, of a GPS system that we're all trajectory travel trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 as Saudi grows, so does Amazon. Yeah, you know, and and all e-commerce platforms. But but like Amazon is is the heavyweight, and watch it prosper in the next seven or eight years till till Vision twenty thirty. It's super exciting. Oh, it's incredible! It, 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 e-commerce, payments, devices, Alexa, uh, everything that brings. When I and I, I shared to you like Alexa, you, you can uh, you know all the cool things you can do with a uh, smart home. Last year alone, we had 400,000 verified connected light bulbs using Alexa between Saudi and UAE. 400,000. Big number. And you've been in existence for five years, four years. This is just one year. This is just last. Oh, this is just one year. This is we launched in December 2021. That's nuts. MashaAllah. That's that's amazing, and we work with this um this company called uh, Hypnotech, and Hypnotech uh, builds smart devices, and it's a Saudi company, Saudi owned, Saudi operated, and they build smart devices, and it works on Alexa, and and I just think, and it's just the start, and I think about all the other things that you can start integrating this tech with, and now think about the glue. The simple enabling glue that makes it all work, which is speaking to Alexa in your own mother tongue yeah. without making it complex. And then and then just for a, for a second, pause and think about the time where you and I needed to write in Arabic and we still had to use letters and numbers in order to make an Arabic sentence because technology wasn't there for us. So speech is the future of command as the touchscreen was as the touchscreen is the future or the current of the physical keypads 100 percent. is that where we're going i have no doubt yeah i have no doubt that um i don't have the statistics top of my mind but uh the number the number from a couple of years ago was kind of mind-blowing if you look at the curve it's like a like a big j uh in terms of voice and the power of voice with WhatsApp, I, I speak text. Yeah, and every time the person next to me is like, "What?" I'm like, "Speak text." <laughs> so I, I am a I am a customer of that this 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 up and coming industry of speaking instead of typing. Yeah, because you 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 you're going to focus on things that matter. So already I've almost bypassed the 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 touch screen phase of where tech is, and if I can say WhatsApp. And it opens, and then I say Raf, and it opens, and I say Raf. What time are you coming over? I would, but that tech isn't there for me today. And I haven't used. I'm not a Siri guy. I'm just not like I haven't been acclimatized or acclimated to it yet. But the more tech, the more speak text is available to me. I'll I'll be doubling down on that. Here's a here's a uh, an anecdote that one of my colleagues uh, shared with me. Uh, Actually, he's uh, one of the vice presidents that kind of flew into Riyadh we, when we launched Alexa uh, in 2021, and we lit up the Kingdom Tower in the Alexa blue in the circle. I haven't top. seen that. That's a, it's a pretty cool picture. I'll, I'll send it to you. Can we put it up on the yeah, episode, right? Absolutely. And um, and he's telling me so he's he's kind of been he's kind of been through the full Alexa journey uh, whilst he was at Amazon. So 
Um, and so he has two kids, one that is uh, eight years old at the time, the other one was 11 years old. Uh, and Alexa has been around for eight years. And um, he told me that they went on some holiday to Tuscany uh, and he said it was a really beautiful place. And his daughter came over to him and she goes, and she said, uh, Daddy, this, is a, this house is so old fashioned. I have to press the buttons in order to turn on the lights. And you know what? And it just hit him at the time. And it hit me when he was telling me the story. Like, we think of it as the future, but it is today. Yeah. Uh, and for a young generation that only knows this, you know, having to get up out of the bed to go to turn off the lights because you finished reading your book, that's archaic. <laughs> I still, something wrong with the way I operate. No comment. No comment. No, no comment at all on that, uh, on that bombshell. Thanks, Raf, honestly, for, for everything that you've shared. You've made me feel like an ancient uh, furthest person away from <laughs> no, 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 the current uh, age of where tech's at today. Um, super interesting conversation, honestly. I want to put all the links in, in the YouTube description box of how we can reach you, how we can reach Alexa, more information on it for those who have no idea what it's uh, about or how it functions. At least the basic tutorial video of you know the one twos and threes of, uh, of of Alexa, and any other ways which we can reach you on. Um, and hey, I mean, ten years from now, let's jump on again, and uh, and and I think we'll have a lot a lot to talk about in comparison to to the early days of where you guys are at today. So thank you. Well, a little guys will be a little bit older. They were, yeah, the the six of them, huh? Six of them. Yeah, we've done our bit for society. Thanks, Raf. Thank you. Really appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Much appreciated.